Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I'm Becky, and I am super excited to be joined by Carolina. Hi, Carolina. Hey, Becky. I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm super excited for this episode. I think we'll have a lot to talk about, so we're just going to jump right in, okay? Let's do it. So on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, Carolina and I are reviewing Wild Island Love by Melissa Foster. This is book five in the Steels at Silver Island. Um, We will link the synopsis of the book in our on-the-shelf show notes at buzzingaboutromance.com. Thank you to Melissa Foster and the Shauna at the Author Agency for our advanced copies of this. Um, Release date is August 2nd of 2023. Tropes. Um, Hollywood Norm. It's big city for most of the setting, right? It's mostly in New York City. It is. Fake dating. (laughs) Opposites attract. Family series. Close proximity. He falls first. With a little workplace. Okay. In there. Yeah, workplace. So Mm -hmm. I have one in parentheses. Because I don't know if that is spoilery. And I don't want to spoil this for anybody. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't say that one. Okay. There's another trope, but I can't say it. And and I will preface it to say that it's nothing like. Oh, no pregnancy. Yeah. No, nope. like it's not. No. It's, it's one like when you finally read it message us when you finally read it and we'll tell you and then you'll be like oh yeah yeah oh yeah that is one yeah yeah um <laughs> it, it gives away some of the things that choices that are made throughout the book and it isn't revealed till the end and i don't want to take away because this book was a reading experience oh yeah on so many levels Okay, so let me finish this up. Series is okay. Silver Steals at Silver Island. It's an interconnected standalone, uh, dual point of view, put out percentage. Why did I that re- number's not right? That on is sheet. number is not right. It is nine percent. People, I think it's like this is a nine percent put out percentage. Why did I put that? I d- oh, that was another way. It's ten percent. It's ten percent. <laughs> Well, I have it on mine as 9%. Okay, so, so 9%. I don't know. That's for a different book that I'm doing later with Amanda. <laughs> well, anyway. the no- it does add up to 9 if you add those two numbers together. It does add up to 9 if you add those. Um, so if you are interested in doing the audiobook, it is done. Audio is read by Maxine Mitchell and Joe Arden, who those two team up. They are chef's kiss of a team. Um, and then we've added the question, is there a third act breakup? And I'm saying yes, because mm-hmm. their fake relationship, the time period that is set, yep, comes to an end. Yes. And I would classify this one as a third act breakup. And let the tears flow. Um, okay, so let's get <laughs> let's get into this. Because this book was... I am relatively new to Melissa Foster. And when I say that, I say I've probably read maybe, maybe 10 books from her. And I counted today, she has 104 books in her backlist. 
And I like, I'm excited to say that I am more educated in Melissa Foster's world than Becky, like one of the few series that I can say that in, right? Like, so I have a little excitement, but I'm still newer as well. Like what Becky, you said you maybe read 10, I maybe have read like 20, you know, so I still have a lot of backlist to read of hers. We do. And, but one of the things that I was talking to somebody about, and like we here at the podcast love Natasha Madison's books, right? But Natasha's Madison family series have these over-the-top antics and are kind of sports-focused. Melissa Foster writes similar interconnected families, but she is heavy on the feels, heavy on the emotions, heavy on lived experiences within her characters and within the world. And I felt like this book really shows lived experiences and mm-hmm. what I want in a what I want in a complicated emotional romance I will also say that because we we've talked about um in in Melissa Foster's world because she her, like all her books are interconnected at some point so she can bring in people from every everywhere um and other other series that have a lot of people sometimes it gets crowded on the page sometimes there's a lot um I will say that you need a ton of people from Melissa Foster's world in this book because of the Steeles family his connections to the Brandons and her connections to the Brandon families and their connections to LA so you get um Mason and oh who is the other who's the heroine Remy so you get a lot of people, but what I will say, it, the way that she introduces them is supernatural. And it actually, because these are big families and big connections, I, I related a lot to my husband, me introducing my husband to my family because I come from a big Mexican family. Like there's different scenes on, he sees pictures on a refrigerator and she starts talking to people. So it's very relatable. Like it's very real life in this. It's not like a character dump. It's like this, this is, oh, this was this time. And this is who this is. And this is this time. And then when you're meeting them, they go and visit her family um, for a, an event and you're, you get their introductions in a very like hilarious steel family shenanigan ways oh yeah that's so natural to that family and it's like it's like this big family welcome hug that you're like I want to be part of this family yeah who's who's available I'm sorry Joe you're you're (laughs) out I'm going to the steel family no I agree and honestly and this is gonna sound really weird because this is a book five in a series But because the majority of it takes place in New York City with just Lenny and Duncan, or Raz, he's called by both names through the book, because it's just really the two of them and the main focus of this book, it actually lends itself as a peek into what Melissa Foster writes. And I think it's actually a place that if you are sitting here going, I really want to read Melissa Foster, I pick up every time she has a book for free. Every time I see her books in Kindle Unlimited or she has a 99 cent sale, I pick those books up, but I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. You actually could start here because of just that. She trickles in the characters because I've read a couple of her other books, like one of the series that's in the Montlake book that um, 
I think it's book two in the rest, the sisters with the restaurant. There's a scene where they sit down to like a family picnic or barbecue. And it's like 87 people with 87 connections to other stories. And I was so confused and so lost. I didn't know. But because of this felt like natural introductions into a world when you first start dating somebody. Yeah, I would agree. Um, okay, so let's talk about Miss Lenny Steele because she is, we've met her a little bit in these other uh, Steeles at Silver Island books. She is twin to Levi. Um, she's not the youngest. The, um, Jules is the youngest. Mm-hmm. But she and Levi are the next youngest. And she has a little bit of little sister feels. Yeah. I mean, she really is somebody that's trying to kind of find her own way and do her own thing. Um, And, and because of things that have happened in past relationships, she's also super career focused and not relationship focused. So it it was actually kind of fun to see, you know, we see usually it's the the man like not wanting the relationship and he's not really out for a relationship either in kind of for his own reasons. Um, but he does, he does kind of fall first. And, and so it's good to see the flip um, and it's good to see the career focused person in her. Um, and I would say more so than that, she isn't looking for love. She really has given up on it. And it's interesting yeah. because we had a conversation today with Jenny that she was looking for this kind of book. And Lenny, through the book, you quickly realize relationships are not a priority. And she doesn't ever think she's going to have the great love. Right. She's so happy for her siblings that have the four previous siblings you know, have and her parents, she, her parents have a great example and her of it. Grandparents have this huge love and her and she's cousins. Just like, I don't think that's going to be me. I just don't think I'm going to have it. I'm going to be and, the single aunt. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of okay with that. And, and as you get to know her, you, you, you start to like, as you learn more why and behind you. So, you know, you know, one of the, if you've, let me rephrase this. If you've read the other steal the books in the series you know one of the situations on an ex um wells um if you don't it's it's explained in the story of what happened it was like a high school thing and side note from melissa foster or lisa if you're listening i would really like wells book yes we need wells book dude needs to fall and fall hard yes um anyway side note sorry i i really hope that and this is one of those times where like the side characters have become like they show up a lot and he's shown up in quite a few series because he owns a restaurant bar so and he's, he's a flirt and he's a flirt he owns those pages that he's on mm-hmm. um but he's also an enigma because he yes. does something at the end of this book and yet yeah, we're not gonna say we're not gonna say but he does something and you're kind of like oh maybe he's not hmm As, hmm yeah okay. he's there's a little bit more depth to him right um melissa foster we need his book thank right. you very much but lenny is she's so complex and mm-hmm. 
I really love her, but I do think she has some middle sister vibes, like kind of. She's also the one sibling, while Levi did move off the island and Jock was gone for a while, she is the one sibling that left and didn't come back yet. And I like how Melissa does this. Her writing creates these feelings of, um, you know, there's a draw and a connection. Like she wants to be with her family. But it plays into her whole that I don't think I'm capable of a relationship or being loved right? by being offset from everybody that is in love. And so. Well, it's and she uses her work as an escape, an excuse and an escape. Like she puts yeah. her head down and I, it, I have this and this is what I have to do. And I'm trying to you know, build this and be like, create an, a reputation for myself um, as, as a, a badass PR agent. So, well, let's talk about Duncan Raz a little bit, because he has a connection to the Braden, Brandon, whatever Montgomery Hill series. He mm-hmm. has a connection to that family there, which is her Maryland series. Um, but I've not read that series. So I don't know. I, I haven't either. It seems that uh, his best friend has a book in that series so i need to go find this was, best friend's this book this is one of those prime examples like because i've read most of the steel family stuff and everything there that i'm like okay i need to read this book now i need his story yeah but i so first of all i love hollywood norm romances i know there are quite a few people that don't love them kind of put them into the same category with rock stars and we all know i love a good rock star um but that one of the things that i love about the Hollywood norm is that piece that the bad guy or the villain is the paparazzi. Mm -hmm. He Duncan in this book does not do anything the way Melissa writes him. He does everything right. And boy, is he fucking swoony. Oh my gosh. Like he swoons. He listens. He listens when, kind of reminding me of my husband, when you don't think you're really saying, when you think you're just saying nothing and you're babbling and you're talking, like they listen to that and he's listens to that and picks up on stuff. And like, but knowing the, where she's going to hide, knowing that her snacks are not going to be in the kitchen, they're going to be where she spends the most time. Most of her time. So he goes and, looking in her desk drawer for her Cheez Its. Or. When he brings her food, walks her home and brings her food and knows that she likes Indian food. So he brings her Indian food. And so. Yeah. So the way they're set up of. So this is a setup of a fake relationship. Duncan is coming off of a very public breakup. He was cheated on by a starlet. He has this big charity publicity red carpet thing he has to walk. And Lenny's cousin, who owns the PR firm that represents Raz, um, was supposed to set a date up for him with an up-and-coming movie star or model or something. And I guess she backs out, and Lenny's there working late at night and says, you know, please go on this date with him. He cannot show up alone. Like, it would be a pure nightmare. And eventually she gets bribed and Lenny goes. And that starts this fake relationship. I don't want to ruin the the way that night works out because that night was 
let's just say they like their chemistry is fire from the beginning and you know Lenny's very reluctant to do this but she understands like the PR ramifications so as a last resort she's the one there um their banter is amazing through throughout that and well they kind of have this adversaries yeah relationship like he is pushing all her buttons she doesn't want anything to do with him she hates everything he represents yeah but one of the things that i really really wanted to talk about because this i think was the first time i've ever seen this happen in a fake relationship romance and that is that having a relationship the way melissa writes this is that the relationship can have a farther reaching impact not only the main characters but also the other people in their lives and we see this with the way she brings in his parents or when she goes mm-hmm. to visit her family and he comes along comes along yeah and that is not something we often this that felt very unique to this story those those impacts that when you're in some kind of social relationship with somebody else you can the the partner can connect with other people even if it's fake right and nobody else knows that it's fake like they and i think it just goes to show how naturally they fit as a couple like the their family saw them as a real relationship it's i mean because at the points that they were i mean we all know as the reader like yeah they're Right. They're falling for each other. And so that was so natural. And the way that, um, you know, it was all set up because you do have the Steele family does tons of pranks and they bring him in from the get go on that. And it, there's just so much of like authenticity with that. I think the other part was, because um, we'll talk about this in a minute, but the this book had so much spice these two could not keep their hands off each other there are there are three words that come to mind every time i think about this book strawberry ice cream (laughs) pink glitter okay and bananas (laughs) silk ties silk top oh i forgot okay so do you think that this might have been one of the spicier romances that we've gotten from melissa foster yeah absolutely i mean because because of one like i saw this tiktok where somebody was like the number the chapters where there's spice right and so they did one series and it was like one book had like one scene and there was like another book that had like 10 scenes like this is that book you just the spice level amps up on this because of the sheer volume of spice that and she doesn't shy away from it she gives it but they're all natural it's not forced it's not chasing a trend this is this every moment is natural to them they felt like they had you felt this authentic connection between the two of them and the unadulterated connection and sexual attraction between the two of them well and and i also love this part of it because Lenny is very sex positive and she wants certain things and she hasn't had that from partners and even one night stands that she's had and 
this is where not only do they, like this is another level that they fit and connect is through their sexuality as well yeah um that add on to that they do have kind of this pillow talk aftercare some some stuff because he doesn't want to just bounce like no. he doesn't he wants to stay and hold her and talk and i mean we go back to um there's one night that he has to stay over at her house to fool the paparazzi but she's like refusing as much as she wants him she's like nope you can't sleep in my bed because she knows where that's gonna lead this is where she's still resisting stuff so he sleeps on the couch and that's when he finds the cheese it's like where are her snacks oh it's not gonna be in the kitchen she spends no time in the kitchen like you were saying and they end up having this great conversation like he is like hey you still out? you want some snacks like this summer party but they have these deep connections and and there is a connection and a, a life experience that they both have from slightly different angles that ties them together. Yeah. No, I agree. And yeah, I will say I thought, and this is not, it's really one of the funniest scenes I thought was, and at first I was like, what? Archer and Indy show up on their doorstep <laughs> like the second morning they're together or something. And um well because um Duncan posts a picture. Yeah. And it happens to be them in bed. In bed. And Archer is that super protective brother. Right. And and Indy like tries to calm him down. She's like, "Yeah, I calmed him down so he didn't show up last night." Like I was able to hold them off for overnight, but here we are. And you think, like, are they going to, like, is Archer going to punch him? Because Archer is quick to anger. Like, if you meet Archer, if you read his book, it's book two in this series. He is quick to, or no, it's book three. He is quick to anger. Um, but there's a lot of space in that book, too. Those two couldn't keep their hands off mm -hmm. each other either. But <laughs> Indy and Lenny walk into the kitchen and they're <laughs> making scrambled eggs. And I'm like, huh, okay, sure, well, sure. And Lenny's like, Lenny's like, how, how did you, basically, how did you team Ar Archer? What did you say Are you him? an Archer whisperer? Are you an Archer whisperer? Like, what uh, happened here? Um, and I think that's something that throws Lenny off, too, is how naturally he fit in with her family. Yeah. Um, because they, they do not, like, hold back with him. Um they really don't. They really don't. And I will say there wasn't anything in this book that didn't feel like it belonged. Everything in this book worked to the to the ending of this book. Yes. Sometimes authors will throw in extra things that cause us to be frustrated or question, like, why is that in there? There was nothing in mm -hmm. this book that wasn't supposed to be there. Right. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. Uh, like. Yeah. Like everything the, had a purpose the spice worked his swooning moments worked um and the little hints that melissa foster writes in like the pictures you know pay, mm -hmm. it, this is one of those books where you're like pay attention to the little things the small things are actually big things yeah there's full circle moments and there's moments that add up and build up um 
even the use of his name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, anything else we should know about Wild Island Love? Um, you have to read it. You just, you have to read it. You have to read it. Like Becky said, you can pick this up. If you've never read, um, Amos Foster, pick this one up. Highly recommend it. Great place to start. Great introduction to her world. Um, if you've read Melissa Foster, it just still read it. I'm sure you will, but move this up the list. It's so good. You guys, it is so good. it's, It's great. And it's also, it gives you, you have big city and it gives you those small town vibes. Yeah. Um, with the town and the Halloween party and the, and you know, yeah. Duncan's just damn swoony throughout the whole freaking book. and So swoony. Yes. Um, do you have a book you think we should review for a quick shot of romance? Send us an email to thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Carolina, thank you so much for reading um, Wild Island Love with me. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> um, until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 